0: at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. There were two more murders, 15 miles away. When police arrived, arrived they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. murder. Some relationships bring you nothing but trouble. Some that put you in a dangerous situation that you cannot seem to find a way out of. On September 1st, 2008, a horrific ex-boyfriend died inside of his home at the ripe age of 70 a man who, quite literally, got away with murder. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Melvin Henry Ignato, born March 26, 1938, was an angry man. Sometime in September of 1988, he found out that his girlfriend of two years, Brenda Schaefer, had finally gathered up the courage to leave him and was trying to find her best breakup option. Brenda, who was described as a wonderful woman, though with a penchant for naivety, had been telling others of Mel's abuse, both physical and emotional, for quite some time and it seemed that her desperation to leave had finally outweighed her fear of retaliation and she was ready to start over. Mel wasn't having it. The picture of success and affluence, someone once said of Mel Ignato, you don't break up with someone like Mel Ignato. Mel Ignato breaks up with you, but you don't break up with Mel. So he called up an ex-girlfriend, Mary Ann Shore, and asked her to help him plan and carry out the murder of Brenda Schaefer. Apparently, he had no intention of letting her leave him with her life. For the next several weeks, Mel and the oh-so-devoted Mary Ann prepared for the upcoming abduction and murder, even scream-testing Mary Ann's Louisville, Kentucky home to make sure that they didn't draw any unwanted attention and digging a grave in the wooded area out back. The plan was ready and set in motion on September 23, 1988, when Mel called over to Brenda and told her to meet up with him to return some jewelry in her possession. Instead, he took her to Mary Ann's house— pulled a gun on her and locked her inside where she was blindfolded, bound, gagged, and forced to strip naked. Mel then told his terrified ex-girlfriend to pose for suggestive photos before raping, sodomizing, and beating her all while Marianne photographed his attack so he could view it later. When Mel decided he was finished with Brenda, he tied her to the coffee table, took some chloroform, and finished the job. Brenda was then buried in that plot behind Marianne's house. The entire ordeal, the gruesome torture and murder of Brenda Schaefer, was tape-recorded for Mel's enjoyment. On it, Mel started by saying, Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and we are coming to you live. This is your host, Mel Ignato, and with me is the puta, the Jezebel who tried to leave me. She has been captured and taken prisoner by me now, yelling for the prisoner to identify herself. Brenda responded with her name and who her captor was before Mel forced her to describe her, quote, situation. When she was finished, he laughed and said, Well, Brenda, my bound beauty, welcome to your nightmare. The next thing a listener could hear was Brenda break down in sobs and plea for her life. She was just 36 years old. The very next day, her car was found abandoned less than a mile and a half from where she was living with her parents, and a search into her whereabouts began. According to Brenda's brother, they all knew something horrible had happened to Brenda, but their mother held out hope that her daughter would be found and brought home safely. Right before Brenda disappeared, she confided in a friend she was going to break off her relationship with Mel, a man who had been abusing her for quite some time. Given all of this, Mel was one of the first people brought in for questioning when she disappeared. But according to his testimony to police, he had not seen her since 11 p.m. the night before when she left his house and went home. The family wasn't buying it, but with no witnesses and no physical evidence connecting him to her disappearance, there was no reason to place him under arrest. In fact, with no body present, police still had to work under the assumption that Brenda may still be alive. So they did what they could to try and move forward with the case. And while doing so, Mel took the opportunity to show off just how untouchable he thought he was. Thinking his murder plan was flawless, Mel never once shied away from the cameras and continued to give interview after interview with the press. This thirst for attention gave U.S. attorney Scott Cox a brilliant plan, and he invited Mel to testify before a grand jury in order to clear his name. Remarkably, Mel agreed, and while doing so, casually mentioned the name Mary Ann Shore. With this new piece to this complicated puzzle, police located Mary Ann and called her to testify before a grand jury as well. When asked about Brenda Schaefer, she said that she had only met her once, but when asked how Brenda looked, she asked the person questioning her, you mean the last time I saw her? When they pointed out the discrepancy in her testimony, Marianne got up and fled the jury room. Realizing she was the key to their answers, police interviewed Marianne and she finally broke down, confessing to helping plan the murder and taking photos as Mel tortured Brenda Schaefer. She then led them to the grave site and on January 10th, 1989, her body was exhumed. Unfortunately, because a year had passed since she was laid to rest so unceremoniously, Brenda's body was far too decomposed for any DNA evidence, meaning they could prove she was beaten to death. The abuse was obvious despite the decomp, but there was no direct evidence to prove by who. So they convinced Marianne to wear a wire on the promise of only charging her with tampering with evidence. She agreed and went to Mel claiming the FBI was hounding her, and she was scared the property behind her house, where Brenda's body was buried, was about to be sold off and developed. Mel, unaware he was being recorded, began berating her for letting the FBI scare her and said he didn't care about the property issue because, quote, that place we dug is not shallow. With that statement, police had enough to charge Mel Ignato with murder in 1991, and the trial was set to take place in Kenton County, far from Louisville and its media. Given how important the recording was to the case, it was played for jurors in full. After Mel mentioned the dig site not being shallow, he continued on saying, "'Beside, that one area right where that site is does not have any trees by it.'" For some, this seemed like a clear-cut proof of guilt, but the jury in Mel's case decided that he said "'safe,' and not "site." Leading to the conclusion that he was talking about a buried safe and not the site of the body. This, coupled with their opinion on the prosecution's star witness, Mary Ann Shore, who decided to wear a miniskirt on the stand and laugh while giving her testimony, was enough to sway the jury. And when the defense posited that it was Mary Ann who killed Brenda, not Mel, they began to believe him. Much to everyone's horror, Mel Ignato was acquitted meaning the only person going to jail for Brenda's murder was Marianne Shore, who pled guilty to evidence tampering and only served a few years before her release. The judge in the case was so embarrassed by the verdict that he wrote a letter to the Schaefer family apologizing for the result. By this point, though, both of Brenda's parents had died of heart attacks. If you asked their friends and family, The stress of Brenda's death and the subsequent trial were too much for them to handle. Then, just when everyone started to believe that Brenda may just never get the justice she deserved, a man named Steve Doherty was hired to rip up the carpet in Mel's old home just six months after the trial. Mel had to sell his house in order to pay for the mounting legal fees— and apparently didn't consider the home would be updated and maintenanced after the sale, because when Steve pulled up a length of carpet and looked under the floor vent, he found a plastic bag filled with the jewelry, Brenda went to return to Mel, and three rolls of undeveloped film. The film was developed, and while it did show Brenda's last horrific moments of life, none of the photos contained Mel's face. But with the help of body hair patterns and moles, there was no denying that Mel was the attacker in the photos. So, he was brought to trial a second time, but this time, not for murder. Charged with the only thing they could definitively prove, Mel was charged with perjury based on the original grand jury testimony, the one he didn't have to attend and only did so to feed his narcissism. And it was during that trial that he shocked everyone by admitting to murdering Brenda Schaefer back in September of 1998. He did so knowing he could never be tried for the murder due to double jeopardy and calmly looked at Brenda's brothers in the courtroom and said that, though he did kill her, she died peacefully. He was sentenced to eight years for perjury, of which he only served five. He was later charged for perjury yet again for a testimony made against Brenda's employer, given nine more years, but released a second time in December of 2006. Now a free man, Mel Ignato moved back to Louisville and lived in a home just four miles from where he murdered Brenda Schaefer. On September 1st, 2008, Mel Ignato was found dead inside of his home at the age of 70. An autopsy done determined his cause of death was bleeding to death from a laceration suffered after an accidental fall. The neighbor who found him said, it just looked like he had fell. Mel Ignato, the most hated man in Louisville, died a free but guilty man. A man who got away with murder and inspired the book, Double Jeopardy. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on September 2nd. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon, or just sharing it with your true crime-obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by.